is Bronnie every Wednesday from 6 p.m. The Bronnie Show on KCC Live. What's up, you guys? You're listening to The Bronnie Show, and I'm joined here with Chris Mitchell, a.k.a. Kid Karma. Hello, 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 hello. Thank you for having me on. And uh, some of you guys listening may be thinking, hey, he sounds familiar. That is also because, what do you do, Chris? Um, I am a social media influencer who you've definitely heard. No, I'm joking. Um, I am I am Bronnie's drummer, uh, drummer extraordinaire, multi-instrumentalist, just great all-round guy. So you you are quite the multitasker. Yeah, I like to keep my options open because you never know. Oh, yeah. How's it going, my dude? Yeah, it's going good. It's going good. Um, I'm really enjoying the now that we've got a a date that we could potentially be out of lockdown. I'm like feeling good about everything and like, yeah, stuff's looking forward. It's nice. It's nice. Totally. So on Sunday, you released your debut single, We're Not Friends. And uh, it's from your new pop solo project, Kid Karma. So, dude, how does it feel to finally have your first (laughs) single out there? It's a strange one because I never, I'm going to be honest, completely honest and transparent about about all this because I never really wanted to do it. So it was something out of if it hadn't have been locked down and I hadn't have been at home producing, learning, like doing all kinds of bits and bobs like that. I don't think I ever would have would have done it because um, I've never wanted to be like the face of something. I've never like that's why I learned to play the drums in the first Apart place. From Vogue. Huh? Oh, yeah. Obviously, the face of Vogue. That's a different story. We'll get on to that later on. Yeah, queen. <laughs> but um, no, I never it was noth- nothing that I ever really wanted to do. And then I started writing pop songs and I was like, oh, these are quite catchy. These are cool. And I was like, I could give these to other people, I could, like sell them like as like a like a publishing thing. Like, you know, all about that. And um, or I was like, well, why don't I just put out feelers myself? Like if I'm confident enough in a song that it's a catchy enough song, uh, for me, that was enough to be like, well, why not? Like, I'll give it a go and just see if people like it. Totally. So how did Kid Karma start? So what made you, uh, obviously it was lockdown that, you know, kind of got you into making pop songs, but were there specific bands or artists? And what made you say, YOLO, I'm actually going to release it? And where did the name come from? So the whole thing, tell me all. When I was at school, I used to do a lot of recording for like, um, so I was in, say, A-level doing music technology. There used to be, like, GCSE kids who would record pop. And that was never really my genre of pop. Like, the closest to pop I would have got, I'm mainly, like, rock and, like, pop punk and stuff like that, obviously. But, like, the closest I ever really got to pop when I was younger was, um, like, McFly and, and, like, Busted, I guess. You could, like, write them off as that. And then, like, but my sister's a massive fan of, like, Five boy's own westlife all that kind of stuff so i had pop influences but it was never my favorite genre um until i kind of i i got into learning how to produce i was like this is something that i need to really like knuckle down on because like i'm competent in producing rock and pop punk stuff but i was like i really want to get like hold of like synths and like learning how to produce a pop record my favorite influences are like uh dnce hot shell ray yeah, Out City, Katy Perry, all those kind of guys, Pharrell, like all of that kind of stuff. Uh, John Bellion was another one that was like really, really influential in like how I could, how I could see pop, but like do it in my own way, but mm-hmm. still be, as he calls it, a slave to the content beast, um, because the song has to be catchy enough to be able to sell. So it was kind of a case of, well, let's just write songs that I like with all these influences but also that I will learn 
from from a production point of view how the name came about was i put a 20 pound bet on with all my friends to see who could get me the best name uh and it all they were all naff like to put it nicely (laughs) um so it basically i had a conversation with you and um our manager uh we have the same manager and mr um, mark mark hughes yes and um it we were stuck between like two or three and kid karma was the one that was like it's catchy, it's short, it doesn't need to be anything special. And I didn't want it to be my own name either. Amazing. So yeah, because I remember it was about November, you sent me the chorus to We're Not Friends. And I was like, June! And then we hung out right before Christmas. Yeah, we haven't seen each other for a year. No, not for a year, since last year, I mean. Yeah. Cries, yeah. cries in emo. Um, <laughs> no, but I remember you saying to me and Mark, like, ooh, I reckon I might, I might write the whole thing and release it, mm. YOLO. Mm. So that's really cool to see. Yeah. So what is the song concept of We're Not Friends? Um, so the song concept is, it was an idea, I can't remember who I was talking to. Uh, and if I could remember, I wouldn't name them anyway. Uh, a friend of mine who was like seeing someone and then they like were no longer seeing each other. And then one of them went away, like traveling and stuff. And they were still like, there was still a part of them where they wanted to be together, but they couldn't. And then she moved on and then he was stuck in like a rut about it. Um, some may think he's still stuck in a rut about it. Um, so yeah, it was kind of like him convincing himself that they're no longer friends, but he's still like, he's still obsessed with it, the idea of it. So that's kind of where it came from. Amazing. And you produced it all yourself, which is awesome. And uh, you wrote it as well and you got, Pete to kind of polish off the mix and master. You got yeah. Annie on the artwork who did Dream of Nightmare. I kind of helped write some lyrics on the second yeah, verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark do all the um, chat about releasing it. So it's really cool how you had, you know, the whole team kind of working with you on your first single, which is which is yeah, like a I great thing to look back a, on. That was a massive blessing because I don't think I would have been able to do it on my own. Like your influence of songwriting lyrically is far greater than mine. Um, Pete's influence of production is far greater than mine. So I thought if I do the groundwork and the real core stuff and then reach out to the people that can help me, um, like you said, Annie, uh, Pete's um, sister, who uh, I tagged in on Instagram, uh, at Anita Bandita, if you don't know who she is, she's a wicked artist. She's really, really I love that username. Design. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, she she was wicked um she was brilliant i had again i had a drawing i had a concept like it wasn't out of do this for me do that for me do this for me it's all i had all the ideas but i didn't that's what's really awesome i didn't have all the ability to make it all happen myself and i guess that's the joy of like having good people around you so i found myself in a really good position where i was able to pull like pull in people i knew that i could trust and i knew that would get the job done and it's come out really well so i'm really happy about it totally so dude it's time to play would you rather musician edition? Would you rather? 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 Would you rather eat my shit or breathe? Okay, so number one, pretend we're not in a pandemic. Would you rather never play an instrument and not tour, or never produce and write again? See, that's a, that's a tough one. And I like the fact that you said not in a pandemic because I was producing to a minimal amount then the pandemic happened. But playing an instrument and touring is like 
the whole reason I got into music. So I would have to go with that. I'd say uh, being off the production, being off the songwriting, as fun as it is and as much as I've learned, which would be disappointing to do. But yeah, I'd go with, I would want to play instruments and tour. It's the rush, isn't it? When you go on stage yeah. and it's like, yeah. ah, it's the best. Okay, number two, would you rather meet your idol and they turn out to be the worst person you've ever met and they try and cancel you on social media or you go to crowd surf and no one catches you and you punch <laughs> you along? <laughs> that, is, that is class. Um, I would say I would rather go to crowd surf and no one catches me because- Yeah, but did you hear the ending bit? Oh, no, wait, what? No one catches you and you puncture along? Oh, I'd puncture along. I'd rather puncture along. They say don't meet your heroes. They say don't meet your heroes. And I, I would love to agree with that. And if I was too scared to go up to my hero, I'd have that in the bank. Just be like, it's fine. Never meet your heroes. But the idea of meeting some of my heroes is like way too cool for me. Mm -hmm. like, so, Oh, especially Dave Grohl. Yeah, like people like that. I'd be like, I want to have the opportunity to share a moment with you because it means like, it will mean nothing to him, but it means so much to me. And also if you, crowd surf and no one catches you and you puncture along that's a wicked story um, it is very yeah. true would you go up to dave Grohl and just say can we embrace no i'd probably say <laughs> i don't know what i'd say actually <laughs> amazing so i know who you are but you have no idea who i are <laughs> <laughs> imagine just walking I up are. to him saying i know who you are and him going <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just leave it there just nice to meet yeah. you Amazing. So number three, you can only listen to one decade's worth of music. Which decade are you going to pick? That's such a tough one. Um, because like the 2010s, come on, like Tiny Temper. Tayo Cruz, man. Drulo, like all those Donnies just absolutely smashed out of the park. Um, and it was such Year 8 discos. It, 100%. It was such a good uh, like year for pop music and pop music is hella catchy. But on the other hand, you've got like noughties um, with some like amazing bands, uh, Blink, like Green Day. All yeah, Nirvana and Fighters, yeah. Um, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'd have to say the 2000s. I'd have to say the 2000s. Ooh, the noughties. Yeah, yeah. Like Linkin Park and shit like that. I am that. with you on that. Blink right, so let's pretend we're 80, Christopher. We're neighbors in LA, but with our mansions, we're drinking pina coladas by the pool. Hell yeah. Um, what are some of the funniest tour memories you'd look back on? <laughs> it's a difficult one because like some obviously you don't want to talk about. Um, but <laughs> there is one that just has such a solid place in my heart. So we were on tour, I was on tour for you. Uh, with a, a band called A Summer High, who um, like we're great mates with, and um, we, replaced, we had a we had a, <laughs> we had a uh, day off, and uh, our tour manager was like, "Yo, um, we can either go to the next place and stay there, or we can stay in this place." And it was a bit of a dump, and we were like, oh, "I don't know." Like, it was disgusting. It yeah, was grey and great, horrible, but. Yeah, that was mainly because of the weather. We didn't really know. We'd only seen the venue. We hadn't seen anything else. So we were like, sod it, let's give it a chance. Um, and yeah, we we went out for some pizza and then our manager was like, he's going to go back to the hotel, have a sleep. He, he fell asleep like, on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Um, 
So he went back to the hotel. We stayed out and we were like, oh, do you want to get a few drinks in? And then we discovered that we were in Poland, by the way, that Poland is like 80p a pint um, and like 60p for like a can of fucking... So, sorry, I swore again. A can of cider <laughs> or something like that. It was like... It was basically turned into... And we crossed over to the other side of the city and... It was great. We went under this it was, tunnel. I was unbelievable. It was like the Wizard yeah, of Oz yeah, when yeah, it's all it colourful. Like, it was like they turned up the saturation on this... this Literally. Like Because it was kind of like a really posh uni campus as well. Yeah, like it was the all like grass new, and everything. Stuff. So there was cool places to drink. There was like... There was a beautiful river with like nice banks. We sat on the bank, had some food. Uh, we were just day drinking. Um, like there were like jet skis flying past. It could have been like in Miami or somewhere like that. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were walking back to the hotel because we were like, we we'll walk back. Like, let's oh my god! All in. And we stopped off in this park. And Mason from a summer high was telling us, it's like showing us how to shotgun beers because we'd never done it before. So we were like there, like shotgunning beers. And by that point, we were like, we have had so much to drink because we just wanted to learn how to shotgun a beer. But obviously, you finish a whole can of beer, um, and we'd all shotgun like what four or five beers in this park this, and we were like yeah in the space of like 20 minutes yeah it was it wasn't good i mean it was great but it wasn't good um <laughs> and then i was like i want to learn how to backflip so i'm charging up and down this bit but park of grass thing in the middle of poland trying to learn how to backflip very dangerous would not recommend acrobatics after a few drinks when you're not an acrobatic person <laughs> and then i was like i need a wee and obviously men can go to, to the to the loo in a bush I did that, um, and? Lost my and weed all over myself. <laughs> I was in, I think I was in, bra- uh, I was in grey chinos, so that showed out really, really badly. Made it back to the hotel eventually, got into the hotel, and we were like, I oh, will sit down like in the lobby bit, except for these bean bags. Um, and someone dared Mason to do like a striptease. It was like odds on or something like that. Um, and he lost, and he start- went to go give me a striptease. And he pulled his kex down and I've slapped his ass so hard. And at this exact moment, I slapped his ass. These four ginormous Polish blokes, like think of it, like I'm going to be really stereotypical here. Think of them like massive Polish blokes, shaved head, like tattoos, big chains, like walked into the hotel. Um, and I just <laughs> smacked Mason's ass and he's fallen face first on a beanbag and he'd had enough to drink <laughs> that to be too what comfortable naked. for him not to pass out so oh mason my God. bum out in the air mounting a beanbag balls out <laughs> it, was, it was so funny and then went outside to get some fresh air with mason and uh he's leant against the table this and it, it, this was it was late at this point he's leant against the table and there's a glass on it and a and a glass ashtray <laughs> And it was one of those crap, you know, those tables you see outside, like kebab shops. But like, there's no balance. And he leant on it and he just leant leant on it and it just went. And so did he. Oh my God. And he was flat on his ass. It was, and the glass smashed, the ashtray smashed. And I was like, we need to get you into bed. Got him inside. No, but Jemba, Jemba, like, it was about four, it was after we were shot gutting beers, we went to that mall. That big shopping oh, centre, and, and we got a tennis, a tennis ball. Board, a security guard, and I was. Oh my right gosh! We were throwing it. It was think of the like a massive shopping mall, like loads <laughs> of. It's inside. 
we were like on different ends throwing this tennis ball and it was going on different levels. I was yeah. on level five, you went down to level one and I was yeeting it down that it landed on that security guard's head. And we were head. like oh. making stupid videos and there was this like supermarket in the mall and you were like dragging me around, like all of them were like dragging me around. <laughs> we were trying to pounce you in the God. store. <laughs> So bad. Another but, um, another one I was thinking of is James from a summer high. He like when we go to Mackey's, obviously it's really, really cheap in Poland. <laughs> so we um so he was stocking up on these hamburgers and um he would eat, take he would take a bite out of them. Sometimes and he then even take a bite. Sometimes he just, just leave it. And then we'd be like, James. Are you not going to have your burger? And he'd be like, um, no, I might have it tomorrow. And he'd sit in the front of the van and the sun would be beating down on these burgers. And then he lost his wallet and it was like, My God. where's your wallet? And we were from the back of the bus, we're like, check underneath the burgers. Literally, we'd be like getting out of the car, we're like, James, where's the guitar? <laughs> but it sounds well, so let me ridiculous. Just check. Like, it doesn't sound funny. You had to be there, but it was just oh such a brilliant gosh. summer of like, Every day, like stuff like that happening, oh. it was so brilliant. Um, when the summer high came out, what, what I wanted to say to finish that story off um, was we got back into the hotel room. James, uh, James was like nearly asleep. Got back in, Mason's in there throwing kettles around, all kinds of stuff. And I was like, oh, this is bad. This is really bad. Um, so, and then uh, Mason got he threw up and um, got in the shower, but it was like a bath shower. And he had the shower head and he's like flinging the shower head around the bathroom <laughs> and there's water everywhere. I'm pretty sure I got videos about it. It's so funny. Um, and he got James's shoes soaked and he was fuming. But that was, oh, that, was a human. that whole day was just great. That was, oh, was God. So and when we were in Spoons with Mason trying to we put on, we, we put on American accents and there were these strangers that oh. caught on. That was so bad. Oh, we befriended was, them was, the whole I mean, night. It was really funny, but like Mason wasn't there when we were explaining to them the joke. But it wasn't a joke. Like we were going for it. <laughs> we were like, hey, we howdy, were how are you? This joke that we were fully American. Mason wasn't there. Oh. And then we went to walk back. And as we were walking back, we bumped into them again. But we had Mason there and Mason is American. So it, it sold this lie that we <laughs> like, painted to everyone. And the thing is, it was your local spoons. So everyone knew who you were. I'm pretty were. sure we saw them the next day when we went as well. We, and we were like, done. oh we no. That summer. Mm. One more is when um, it was on the bottom line to what I was thinking of just then. Um, we went into Greg's and the doors wouldn't open and Mark <laughs> locked Jordan inside Greg's. And we were like, was... you're not coming out, Jordan. And you're the not... woman. And she was fuming. And it was like raining outside, but we like we were getting soaked and Mark wouldn't let us in, wouldn't let Jordan out. He just <laughs> pinned the doors shut. Jordan being our photographer, by the way, um, had locked her in spoons and the woman <laughs> was so furious. And I would have oh been. Oh my furious. gosh. She was called Michelle and Mark was, was like, it. We love Michelle. you, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yes. So good. Okay, Christopher, it is time for your song of the week. Yes, so my song of the week is going to be Good Things Fall Apart by Elenium and John Bellion, which is quite a mouthful, I'm going to be honest. Nice. Elenium. Oz, yeah. It's a big tune. Um, yeah. Um. Yeah. 
That's great. <laughs> um, also, hey, to everyone listening, you might hear the Song of the Week advert. Well, that is actually Christopher. It is. And, uh, and Two Truths, One two Lie. Two Truths, One Lie is also me. Yeah. And there's another one as well that's me. Quite a few of them are, actually. That's a lot. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about your milestones. So some of your biggest milestones of your whole career, my dude. Milestones I wanted as a kid uh, playing instruments was to play instruments and people to hear it. Um, growing up in like a church-based family, like that would be like I played instruments in church like every now and then. So that was that was playing in front of people was something I wasn't ever bothered about. And then playing in orchestras and stuff like that, I really enjoyed playing live to people. And I was like, I'd love to play this kind of, like, I'd love to do this, but for a genre of music that I love. Um, and I've been lucky enough to like play for a few bands and like play in front of loads of people. Um, but like my biggest milestones, I'd have to say, would be um, there's two that I would go for. One, three actually, three, three, three. One would be. Um, your 2019 tour i was lucky enough to be in a position where i played that that tour i played for my old band i played drums for summer high i played drums for you and then mm. to sub in for your old drummer george legend um and then when george was back i played bass for you so i had yeah, to learn, four, that was so had to learn four sets for one tour which was super fun super like stressful but it like pushed me to the edge like my musicality like i had to be very aware of what i wasn't what what i had to and shouldn't be playing and all that kind of stuff i really really enjoyed that so that for me was like a milestone because i was like i can do it um, yeah it's all just like a mind game thing um the next milestone is when we played neck deep that was brilliant uh yes. play, playing waster that was brilliant mm. like bands supporting bands and meeting bands and like getting to know the scene through the bands that i like um is a wicked milestone um not only because they're such nice people and their crew are so lovely and everything like that but because these people are the reason why you want to do what you do mm -hmm. so to be like what's following in their footsteps like they have supported bands that they loved and like that's how they got to where they are now so like doing the same that is thing, the crazy like thing a, we love we love Neck Deep. We supported Neck Deep. Neck Deep mm. love Blink-182. They supported Blink-182. Exactly, exactly. But even It was when like a month after we yeah, supported them. It's yeah. just insane. Even when they weren't at that stage, like at the stage they are now, when they were like your size, they were just supporting bands that they loved. So it's kind of like a, it's a rite of passage to, I think, to support bands that you support, um, which is really cool. Um, and then the last one is, playing music abroad that was something i never thought i never even thought of like, yeah. I was like, it's, it doesn't really cross your mind because you you focus on the, what you know um mm -hmm. but going abroad and like seeing the love from so many people playing music live is just it's something else and then going to another country and seeing that people actually care is even weirder so totally. yeah that those would have to be my top three amazing so growing up as a kid were you in any little school bands or anything i knew or? you'd say this i knew you'd say this <laughs> you've been talking about let's this let's talk about two. it yes i was now i'm not at home i don't live with my parents anymore um which is a real shame ah um but oh. at home and i'm sure i can get a, a photo sent over um if you want to share it is i was in a band in year six 
And uh, I'm going to shout out names here. Shout out to Ben Birch, Tom Air, Will Houston, and Will Duffin. Because me and those boys <laughs> were in... Applause, were, everyone. Were, yeah, round of applause to those guys. Uh, we were in a band called Electric Storm. What a name, man. That's because Will Duffin's dad's first band was called Electric Storm. And he wanted to like, follow in the footsteps. Will so was a cute. really great guitarist, like a brilliant guitarist. The rest were like mediocre. Uh, because we're in year six like no offense but like yeah um will was a great guitarist um and he like got me into like eric clapton and stuff like that which was really cool it uh, sounds like an acdc song name what electric, electric storm. storm it does it does it also kind of it's isn't that the fortnite thing the storm that comes in in fortnite isn't that i have no I, i'm not a gamer oh. that's not my vibe i'm but not yeah. a nerd like Ele you oh come on um can I just plug something real quick while we're on the subject of nerds? Yeah. Um, so me and my buddies are doing a 24-hour live stream for the charity Mind uh, on Friday night at 7 p.m. Um, feel free to come along. Uh, it will be twitch.tv slash chrismdrums underscore. Um, come along, have fun, get in the chat, get in like, the comments and everything. Um, and if you can donate, that would be wicked, even if it's a quid. Just want to Amazing. plug it while I'm here because I have the opportunity. So yeah, thank you. That'll be so much fun for you. Mm. I will I'll be there in the comments. So oh, you, yeah. you guys are doing it for 24 hours? Yeah, uh, it should be fun. Like Energy the, drinks, coffee. Yeah, I'm going to bring the whole shebang. up here because I'm I'm the one hosting the, the live stream. So I will be on camera the whole time. So if you want to laugh, turn up at 6 p.m. on Saturday because I will be an absolute mess. <laughs> um, <laughs> 7 p.m. Friday night, get on it. Two nights time. Yes. I had to do the maths in my head then. I was like, what? <laughs> do the math. <laughs> right, yeah. it is time for two truths, one lie. 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 Hell yeah. So I'm going to be reading out three facts and you have to tell me the lie, all right? You ready? Yeah. Number one. This is all in the UK. The best-selling album of the 60s was The Beatles with Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band. Number two, the best-selling album of the 70s was ABBA's Greatest Hits album. Or number three, the best-selling album of the 80s was Michael Jackson's album, Bad. Now, there's two here that I think could be really close. Because Sgt. Pepper's was just, just a mad album. Mm. Uh, ABBA's greatest hits in the 70s doesn't seem right to me. I thought that they, they would release that later on. I don't really know the, the time cycle of ABBA, I'm gonna be honest, but I feel like it might be ABBA because I feel like it's one of these things that you do when you, you say something that's completely rogue and no one would think of and that's the actual answer. Yeah. The Michael Jackson's Bad is just a mad album. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Bad. Well, Christopher. Wait, wait, wait. You no, are... no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna go with Abba as the lie. Well, Christopher, you are now right. <laughs> yes! <laughs> but dude, it was guess two what? Lies, one truth. The the best selling album of the 70s was actually was Simon and Garfunkel Bridge Over Troubled Water. But oh. Abba's greatest hits was second. No way. So it was very, very close, Ooh, yeah. Fair enough, mm -hmm. but shout out I thought Simon I'd get Gold. you out. I thought I'd get you out. Because I, I thought knew everyone you would, knew that. I said it. I said it. I said it. Michael one of these Jackson's things. 
best-selling album was Thriller, and that came out in the eighties. So mental. Everyone, everyone finds it really weird how it was bad that actually sold more in the eighties, but over time, I guess it's Thriller that sold more. So yeah, well. crazy, crazy, crazy. Right, my dude. Is there anything else you would like to chat about? Um, please go stream my music. I mean, yeah. I, if you want to i'm not very good at plugging it because i don't no, really know shut what up. everyone go stream it now otherwise i will raid your house and <laughs> steal all of your food that's a bit dramatic I'll, I'll make sure she doesn't do that so where can everyone find you on social media um you can find me at and this is going to sound ridiculous um <laughs> so you can find me at tiktok which is at at simon Cress, and garfunkel <laughs> which is at cress now uh, my nickname was like cress C-H-R-E-S. Um, and then everywhere else. No, it's, it's not. It's at Cress M. <clears throat> there you go. I don't even know. I uh, See, I'm not good at Look at me being your little PR lady. Yeah. Look at, uh, me at Cress M on TikTok. Go and like some of that stuff. I don't really know how it works. And then um, everywhere else should be at Chris M Drums underscore. Because although I'm doing the movie, like the, the solo project thing, I am still a drummer. That is, that is still going to be my bread and butter. So... There you go. Hell yeah. Amazing, amazing. Christopher, aka Mr. Kid Karma. It's been a blast. Thank you. You'll find you finally been on the show. Amazing. We've been talking about this for a while now. Yeah, but I didn't have anything to do. So now I've got something. Now it's finally out. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Guys, make sure you go stream at Kid Karma uh, on Spotify with his new song, We're Not Friends. It's a jam. Christopher, I'll see you soon. See you soon. Thank you for having me. Bye. This is Bronny. Every Wednesday from 6 p.m. The Bronny Show on KCC Live. <laughs>